Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Fantastic. Well, this morning, I'm excited about this message. Um, you know, over the last year, I've just had an increasing excitement as um, just an awareness, a growing awareness that we are on the verge of an incredible outpouring of God of his power and of his love. And I know so many of you can just say yes to that, whether you've heard that from God yourself or it's been just spoken prophetically right around the world. And I believe that the generations are absolutely key in this. Now, this year we've gathered together for um, our prayer service, like Jared just advertised then. We have our prayer service on tonight. We've been gathering together and I've just sensed more and more of the smile of God on what is happening. And that is because of the culture of honour that is flowing so hugely between the older generation into the um, youth and the children, and the other way, between the youth and the children, back to the older generation. You know, this is happening like I've never seen before. Honour is flowing so strongly. Leviticus 19 says this, You shall stand up before the grey head and honour, which means adorn, glorify, be high, show partiality to the face of an old man and you shall fear your God. See, honour flowing between the generations really matters to God. And in dedicating little Levi this morning, we were placing honour on his life as well. This year, um, in these prayer services, back to that for a minute, I've seen the youth serving with such an incredible heart of love and honour, excuse me, towards our older generation. And then I've seen the older generation just wrapping around the youth and the children with their love, with their prayers, with their prophecy. And in our Sunday morning services, we actually have more older people in the services than we've ever had before. And I think this is significant. This is important. These people are championing our youth and our children like I've never seen before. And excuse me, I've been in church for basically my whole life, and I've never seen the honor flowing like it is now. The generations coming together. Acts 2 says this. You all know this verse. This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. Every generation seeing and experiencing God. That is his intent. Now, every generation is important, but this is just what I sense at the moment, that the youth and the older generation are vital in seeing revival break out at this time on our world, to seeing the next outpouring of God released. And the honour that is flowing between these two generations right now, I think, is already releasing the life and the breath of God in this place. Now, I've called this message today, Committed to Honour. Committed to Honour. Intent to Honour. Let's just dive into the story of Jonathan and David because this is an incredible example of honour. So 1 Samuel 18 starts like this. As soon as he'd finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. 
so that Saul set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of all Saul's servants. So this story, in the chapter previously, David has just killed Goliath. And Jonathan, the son of Saul, is set to become the next king. So we could think that Jonathan had every right to start to feel jealous. Um, we don't know at this stage if, um, if Jonathan knew that David had been anointed to be king, but sometime in the course of their relationship, he would have found that out. So he had big reason to be jealous of David. And not only that, you know, like I said, um, David had just killed Goliath, and Saul had just heaped a whole lot of honor on David around that. But instead of considering what he was missing out on, Jonathan responds with honor. And not only does it say that Jonathan loved David as he loved himself, but his honor actually looked like something. There was an action that followed. Jonathan goes like further than what we could even imagine. And he not only um, gives David his robe, but he also gives him his armor. And he gives him his sword. He gives him his belt. He gives him his bow. Because honor looks like something. It has an action attached to it. It gives a response to its intent. It's not just words. What Jonathan did was so significant because the clothing that um, Jonathan wore was a sign of his identity and of his position. So basically he's saying to David, David, I'm relinquishing my right as crown prince and I am placing that onto you. I'm giving that to you. In effect, he's saying, I'm going to put you first. I'm putting your life first, your destiny first above my own. I'm lifting you up. Because honor elevates others. It sees the destiny and the significance on someone else's life. It believes in the significance of another person. It says, I'm going to champion your story. You know, Jonathan loved David as his own soul. And what greater way to show love than to love him as himself. You know, one of the greatest things that we can do in life is actually to believe in other people, to honor other people. Maybe that's people that we're leading, maybe that's people that are leading us, or people that we're just doing life alongside. You know, um, in the Bible, the word honor is used actually about 177 times, so it's an important word. And the Bible talks about honoring God, it talks about honoring each other, it talks about God honoring us, Um, it talks about us honoring our parents, and it talks about honoring the emperor, or you could say the government. It also says this, which I think is pretty huge, that slaves um, need to count their masters worthy of honor. If anybody would have a hard time honoring people, I think it would be slaves. You know, one of the greatest things that we can do is to continue to show honor even um, to people who are, who are above us, and like, you know, in that, like as, as in bosses, as in government, that sort of thing. The one who... Sorry, I've just had a little um, issue with my notes. It has gone funny. Here we go. Peter, first Peter says, honor everyone. So everyone is worthy of honor. And that word honor in the Hebrew can mean to prize and to revere. Or it can mean glory, abundance, riches, dignity, respect, reputation. The culture that we live in says this. It says, to be great, I need to look after myself make myself look good, boost my own reputation. It's kind of all about self-promotion. But the kingdom of God is so contrary to this because it basically says the opposite. 
um, it contradicts what we're often taught and shown. And in, Ro- um, in Romans, um, it also talks about this, not thinking of ourselves more highly than we should. And I'm just going to try and get to it. Glenn, would you mind just giving me the copy of the notes? Because my page has just totally inserted something else. And I would like to have Romans 12 to read to you. So pause on that. This is where technology is not always amazing. But that is all good. Thank you. That was really quick. Okay, this is better. It totally just deleted Romans 12 off my message. And I'm going to read it to you now. So it's going to um, start in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of the faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. And then it says, outdo one another in showing honour. You know, huge words there. Like I said, the culture we live in says, look after me to be great. But the kingdom of heaven says, look after others. It says, treat others better than ourselves. So honor begins with humility. So Jesus says this sort of thing. He says, to go higher, I must first go lower. To be first, we need to be the last. To be the greatest, we must actually be the least. So contradictory to our culture. So Paul, in that passage of Scripture, he talks about us being the body, that's the church, and that every part of the body matters. Every part is significant, and no part is more important than the other. Like Jared said last week, the kingdom of heaven says, how can I lift up the name of Jesus? How can I boost his reputation? How can I make him look good? How can I make him famous? It looks a bit like this. It looks like bending lower, coming lower, taking the posture of a servant. It looks like taking that position of humility so that Jesus can be lifted up, so that other people can be lifted up. Proverbs 15 says, humility comes before honor. And like that scripture that I just read, Romans 12, it says to outdo one another in showing honor. If you try to outdo someone in showing honor, basically that means that it's more important to you to honor someone else than it is to be honored. It's more important, and you just love that way more than you love to be honoured. Now, it's really easy to honour someone that we like, isn't it? Would we all agree with that? Can honour people that you like? Or somebody that's done something really good for us. But how do we honour people that have hurt us? How can we actually do that? And like I um, read previously... Um, we're told that the slaves were told to um, show their masters, like view their masters as worthy of honour. Like, how do they do that? How is it actually possible? First of all, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. But honour is actually different from affection. Honouring serves others 
And it, it serves them regardless of whether you like them or whether you totally agree with them. It just respects them for who they are. They may not even be worthy of it, but we can still choose to honour. Now, what would happen if instead of pulling people down, maybe family members or friends or maybe a boss or a government, if instead of that, we chose to place honour on them? Bill Johnson says this, This culture of honour is never built around what I need. It's built around what I can give. And if I don't learn to give it to those who deserve it the least, I'm going to continue to live in an environment without honour. Honour says, because Father God loves me so much, I can choose to love you and to honour you. It says, I see you through the lens of love and of dignity. It says, I'm going to empower you because you are so valuable. It's treating others like they're Jesus. Like Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you're actually doing it for me. Because honour considers others through the eyes of the Father, honour treats people better than they deserve. Honour actually treats us better than we deserve as well. So God is a God of honour. And honour is part of of his value system. So at Thrive, we want to be a church that does honour really well. We're not going to get it right all the time, but that is a goal. We want to do honour well. It's actually one of our um, leadership values. Um, And I just think it's too important to the heart of God to not do this well. That means honouring each other. It means honouring those around us. It means honouring our community. And it means honouring other churches, speaking well of them. Now, honour is part of the currency of heaven. In an environment where honour flows, looks a little bit like this, or it should look like this. It's a place where we feel safe to give things a go, to fail and to succeed. Where we believe the best of those around us, we give others the benefit of the doubt. It's a place where we move towards each other with love, even when it's hard, to love someone enough to have a courageous conversation and just to close that gap where we are each other's greatest cheerleaders, we're championing each other, and where we're not about making ourselves great, but making other people great, and where we know each other by the God words, by the prophetic words that have been spoken over us. So cool. Who wants to be a part of that kind of a culture? I know I do, and we all have a part to play in that. Now, the first time God mentions the word honour is actually in the Ten Commandments, and it's where he's um, saying in Exodus 20, to honour your father and your mother, that you may live a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So it's really important to kind of take note of that first time that God says honour. And I love it that long life is a reward promised for honouring our parents. So God releases favour and blessing as we honour. And that was in the Old Covenant. So how much more in the New Covenant? My last point today is that life flows through honour. If you want life to flow in your life and around your life, then start with honour. Honour creates life-giving, life-promoting relationships. And Danny Silk says this. He says, The clear fruit of establishing a culture of honour is that the resurrection life of God begins to flow into people's lives, homes, and communities. This is exciting. Bringing healing, restoration, blessing, joy, hope, and wholeness. 
You know, as a church, our heart is so for seeing our community transformed by the love of Jesus. We talk a lot about this crazy vision God's given us of 10,000 impacted by the love of Jesus. And it seems like a big vision. God keeps telling us to dream bigger, though, so that number's going to increase. It seems like a big vision, but it starts with heaping honor on the people around us. You know, um, honor, treasuring and valuing people around us, is just so important. It's so important to make others look good for the sole purpose of just making them look good, not so that we can feel good or to look good. It's about boosting other people's reputation, making them feel they are valued. And as we do this, we should expect life to flow, not only around that person, but around ourselves. You know, as we honour someone, as we're looking for the gold in them, we're actually prophesying into their life. We're actually saying to them, your life may look like this, and this may be what you think it is, but this is actually who you are. This is actually who God's called you to be. It's pulling out that gold in them. It's saying, you are amazing. You are valuable. You are esteemed. And then as we do that, let's watch and see what the resurrection power of Jesus does in that person's life. Now, how much would our world change if everyone's God-given dignity always and everywhere was recognized and honored? A culture of honor is created as a community of people learns to discern and receive people in their God-given identities. Now, that culture of honor is an environment that I think will cause God's kingdom to flourish on earth. If we want God's kingdom to flourish in our lives and in this place and on this earth, honor is key. So let's join our value system to God's value system and start operating at a higher level of honor. An environment where honor flows is an environment that is prepared for revival. And it's an environment that's going to see transformation. And I think that's the place we're in right now. We're in that preparation season for revival, for seeing our community transformed. And honour is key in that. Honouring the generations, honouring every person that God places around us. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 